You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Fellow adventurers, I've just visited the stables in Hawklaw, and I've just had a suddenly appear. And that is the universal code for, wait, wait, don't skip past the next page, something new is coming. As you approach the stables, you happen upon a curious scene, standing just outside the main structure, leaning against a brown and white spotted mare. It's a short, bearded, grey-haired man. A heap of leather armour lies at his feet. The man curses under his breath, then looking up and catching sight of you, quickly apologises. Not my usual way, he says, smiling. I don't mean to use that sort of language, mind. There are times that... Well, I suppose it's nothing to concern you with. My troubles are my own. My own. Fancy a bit of gear. I don't know that you necessarily need it, but I'm just going to leave it here otherwise. I don't feel white about selling it. The man steps over to his horse and waves his hand over the collection of armour pieces piled on the ground. He introduces himself as Durham. When you attempt in turn to introduce yourself, he shakes his head and smiles. You all the talk about these parts, he says. I know very well who you are, and I suspect that most folks would stay the stay. Still, it's very nice to finally meet you, Zoop. Go on then, have a look at it all. If there's anything you like, take it. You examine the various pieces of armour heaped on the ground. Gurum, watching you so closely, continues to insist you take anything you want. Well, since... Now, obviously... None of this equipment is going to be an improvement over what I've got. 
but I will be able to sell it. So I'll take the lot. <laughs> yes. When you ask Doran why he's parting with the armour. Yep, it's a full set of sturdy leather gear. He sighs and shakes his head. You've got a bit more grey than I've allowed myself to believe, he says, frowning, as he strokes his beard. Things aren't quite as easy for an adventurer lucky enough to reach my ripe old age. And to be honest, a great deal of charm of being an adventurer. Yes, the charm has gone out of it for me. Drum tells you that while he never achieved fame, fortune as adventure, he managed to spend most of his life prowling the wilds and forgotten places all across the North Borderlands. He's never regretted a moment or two. Moment of it. I always manage to scrape by, he says, shrugging. Better than some, but not nearly as good as, as some others, of course. Still, I will not trade any of it. Not for anything. Few will ever know the things I've found. The things I've saw. The things I've learned while roaming around. You learn that Durham used to seek out and wade the abandoned lairs of goblins, ogres and trolls. He would then sell some of what he found to various parties all over Tysa. He tells you in a somewhat subtone. He feels the glory days once enjoyed by adventurers like himself now exist only in memories. Bandits are the goblins of this age, he laments. You'll find ten bandit hideouts in a while. In the wilds, before you come across even a trace of goblin settlement. And ogres, trolls, you'll do best to forget about their ilk. I very much doubt those sort of creatures will survive another generation. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, actually, I, I, I fought a lot of those. And there's one particular rogue I have a lot of trouble with. I've had a whole whole mega adventure of just bashing trolls repeatedly. No, the days I've loved, knew and loved are gone, and have been and have been for quite some time. Left, Jor mounts his horse and tells you that he's head for Twithic, where he hopes to make good on a promise he made many years ago. Hope the fellow is still alive, and still in Twithic, he says, laughing. I've intended to keep this promise for many long years. Finally, I've got my chance. No more adventuring for me. You know what? The sound of the sound of that suits me just fine. Speaking of adventuring, as we are, you might be interested to know of a place I found just a few weeks back. You listen with growing interest as Durham describes to you the location of a cave in the forest east of Talonus. He calls the cave. Blue Moss Cave. Most of what, most, most of it was covered with blue moss, which has a link. Prized by many healers and alchemists for its supposed restorative qualities, blue moss is somewhat commonly found throughout the North Rodans. The moss grows in dense, soft pastures, usually on damp stone, 
and spreads quite quickly. Most of it's covered in blue moss, he says. I don't know what to make of it. It looked like it was inhabited by something. Goblins? Bandits? Didn't look like Ogresheim, but one never knows. Might be worth investigating, if you're up that way. I didn't go in, mind. Just poked around a bit outside. You thank Joran for the information about the cave. And tell him and wish and wish him luck on his travels. He wishes you the same and tells you to take care outside. Without another word, the grey-haired man rides off and is soon out of sight. To reach Blue Moss Cave, travel to Talonus in central Tilsa and look for Blue Moss Cave under locations near Talonus. I will be going there eventually. Flies buzz around your head in the Hawklaw stables. Many of the stalls are empty, perhaps because the workhorses are all busy in the fields outside the village. A young boy with a tangled mop of brown hair is busy cleaning out the stalls. Speak with the boy. Boy tells you that there are fewer, and ho- fewer horses around these days, since so many have been disappearing from from the fields up by Westworld. Now you got Miss rid of the rid of the goblins. I think the horses will be safe again," says the boy, who senses ad- admiration in his gaze. Okay, speak about, inquire about a horse. Actually, I already have a horse, but still. I'm clicking there because the, the button's there. The stable informs you there's no horses for sale, my one. We do get one once in a great while, though. So if you stop back in a bit, something, w- maybe something will have come up. In fact, that's unlikely to happen because you can already get horses. From Giles and the Horse Trader. And they'll be better than whatever you can knock together here. I admit, maybe having really terrible horses might be something. But horses don't really do much. So there's not really much less that a terrible horse could do. Now, explore the stables. You make a quick examination of the stables and discover nothing which merits any interest. You're about to abandon your search when suddenly your eye catches sight of a wooden hatchway set into the floor at the back of one of the empty stores. It's half buried in a pile of straw. It looks as if it's been recently opened. Investigate the hatch. As you make your way over to the hatch, the young stable hand washes over and puts himself between you and your goal. He holds his rusty pitchfork in front of him in an offensive manner as he attempts to bar your progress. Can't let you go in there, mister, he says sternly. It's hard to keep everyone out. Ask the boy what's down below the hatch. Nothing. There's nothing down there, he says, a bit flustered. Now, please, mister, just be on with your business and let's fe- forget all about it. All right. Okay, so I can respect his only doing his duty and forget about the hatch. I can attack the boy. Now that that's a bit much. That is a bit much. Oh, just brush him aside and proceed to the hatch. You know what? I just excuse me. Oh, take that pig. Oh, 
pick him up, turn around, put him behind me. Something like that. The young stable hand makes a half-hearted attempt to block your advance. The handle is pitchfork. However, you're having no part of its antics. You grab the handle of the makeshift weapon with both hands and give it a rather violent twist, sending him flying into a pile of hail the side of the storm. You toss the pitchfork aside, flashing a wide grin, and continue towards the hatch. Is this particularly heroic? No, not really. I mean, this this, this is page two, section 209. So, this was back in... This was back when the, when the game actually had options to be mean. But those are those I think it's generally been settled on that that's not really worth the effort having mean options because it means you double your work. You double the amount of work you have to do to make and you end up so to make stories that most people will never play. You pull open the hatch and are confronted by a wickety wooden ladder that descends about 12 feet to the dirt floor of a cellar beneath the stables. Descend the ladder. You carefully descend the wobbly ladder and have just set foot on the dirt floor of the cellar when you feel a sharp edge of a blade pressed against the base of your skull. One sudden move and it will be your last, says a man's voice from behind you. Turn around slowly, says the voice, as the blade is drawn back from the base of your skull. You carefully follow the instruction and find yourself face to face with a tall, lanky man with raven locks that fall about his shoulders. He regards you with an air of caution, still holding a dagger at the ready. Who are you? He demands. I will introduce myself to him. I mean, I could attack him, but... I mean, he's only pressed the knife against my head. I mean, that's not that's nothing to hold a grudge about. Never met a soup I liked, he smirked. Well met. He sheaths his dagger and extends his, par- his hand palm outwards, trying to initiate a shoulder cross. Well, I will also meet his shoulder cross, though I could refuse it or attack him. Meet his shoulder cross. The man standing before you introduces himself as Halin. Tell you what, Soup. He says, looking you over cautiously. You look like the sort of person someone in trouble could trust. How would you like to make 50 gold? If you say yes, we're in business. What do you say? Hmm. So, I can say yes, no, or attack him. Okay, I'll hear what he has to say. Elaine tells you he arrived in Hawklaw last night. Has, and has since been hiding out here beneath the stables. Ah, so he's he's been he he's been there for overnight for months now. I've been running for two weeks now. He says, his eyes are studying you closely. I've some very bad people after me, Zoop. They're all they're 
They're doing all they can to make sure I never reach Trithic alive. I have every reason to believe they will follow my trail to this village. Helene pauses momentarily, as if listening intently to movement in the stables above. I swore on the stable hand to at least give me warning that someone is coming, he smirks. Now, what I have to ask you puts you in no danger, but you have great help to me. All you have to do to make his 50 gold is, suddenly, the sound of several voices in the stables above causes Harlan to fall silent. He steps back into the shadows and motions for you to follow suit. After listening to the voices for a few moments, Helene turns to you. That's them, he hisses softly. I'm certain of it. His eyes remain trained on the open hatch at the top of the ladder. You can hear the voices of at least two men as they speak with the stable hand. However, you cannot make out what they are saying. Here, Soup. Take this, whispers Helene. He hands you a dagger-sized object tucked into a deer sting bag. Take this and keep it safe. It's very valuable, but don't sell it. Bring it to Twithick, and I'll meet up with you at the Garled Otter. It's an alehouse down by the Witherbot docks. I'll give you 50 gold now, and 100 when I meet you at the Otter. If I don't show... Show up. Look for a man called Shell. I get a deer skin bag. View. This this deer skin bag contains a dagger-sized object. When you get a chance, you open the bag and see what's in it. It's also free encumbrance, so I'm going to have to finish this quest pretty quickly. And 50 gold tokens, which was a quite a big deal when this quest was originally made back in section 215. So this was probably within a month or two of the game first being put out. That was long before there were any replayables, or in fact, any repeatable content at all. Helene hands you 50 gold tokens. The voices from above suddenly sound as if they're right above the open hatchway. There's a back way out of here, whispers Helene hurriedly, pointing to the far corner of the cellar, where a half-rotted door is set into a mouldy wall. Take it and be gone. I'll leave them away from here. They still think that I have what I just gave you, and it's most important they never get their hands on it. You're in no danger if you leave now, before they see you. Helene... Motions for a rotted door and moves himself into position. Into position behind the wickety ladder leading up to the open hatch. A large shadow spills down through the hatch and falls over the wand of the ladder. The people are standing directly over the ladder, over the opening. Flee from the... I have two options. Flee from the cellar through the rotted door on the far wall or remain in the cellar and tell Helen it's time you both faced your pursuers. Let's face these... I will do the latter. Helene's voice becomes stern and whispers halfly, Don't be a fool! Get out of here now! They'll kill us both! They're after what I've given you! They must not get it! Flee! Now! 
You waste the door and pull it open, revealing a set of narrow steps that descend into daylight. The last thing you see before climbing the steps and escaping the, the cellar is Helene nodding his approval at you from his hiding spot behind the ladder. It's a horn. It's a horntail horn in a deer sting. In a deer skin bag. You emerge from the dark cellar into the daylight and quickly move away from the stables. When you are a safe distance away, you retrieve the deer sting bag for your possessions and open it to reveal its contents. Inside, you're shocked to find it contains the large, black, razor-sharp, bony tail spike of a horn tail, which has a link here. Horn tail. Of all the creatures that roam the wilds of Swift, Few have inspired as many legends as the horned owl. These large, bony-skinned reptiles grow to the size of large bears and are renowned for their voracious appetites and bad tempers. The largest of the species is the male, male which can reach a length of 12 feet. It can weigh as much as 2,000 pounds. It goes without saying that a 2,000 pound ill-tempered horntail would be a creature best avoided at all cost. Male horntails are called boars, the females are called sows. The horntail is so named for the black, razor-sharp horn of bone that protrudes from the end of its long, muscular tail. The creatures will use this tail as a whip in combat and you can strike the enemies far several feet away. It's best to avoid being hit by a lash of the tail, for the horn contains one of the most po powerful venoms in all of Swift. So fierce are these beasts that when threatened or angry, that tails abound of the winged horn trails, driving dragons from their lairs or chasing armed bands of forest trolls for miles. Horned tails will absolutely not tolerate any living things entering their lairs, which are usually large caves. So yes, got a horned tail horn in a deer sting bag now. This deer sting bag contains the horn of a horned tail. This item could be extremely valuable to the white person. Please know that it is illegal to kill a horned tail in many North Broadland nations, including Tulsa, Palladon, and Warsaw. Possession of a horntail horn is a crime that is punishable by death. Oh no, what have I got myself into? Fully aware that possession for a horntail horn is grounds for a sentence of death in several North Broadland nations, including Tulsa. You quickly stow the object back in the deer sting bag. Without further delay, you make your way hastily towards the centre of the village. You do not begin to feel feel at ease again until you reach the tall hawk statue at the centre of Hawklaw. Okay. 
I guess it is time to meet up with Shell, or maybe Helene. Anyway, the gold auto warehouse in Twithic. Here we come in Twithic. Explore the city, the wither dots, and it's the gold otter outhouse. And there's an adventure here called A Friendly Reminder. The gold otter owlhouse is an eyesore from the inside out. Broken furniture lies heaped in the corners, and long tables and benches that provide seating for the motley assortment of patrons are in an advanced state of disrepair. A large wood sculpture of a grinning otter stands against the far wall and appears to be only bit of decor that is still in fairly good shape. Observation link here. The name Iwadov is carved on the square wooden base upon which the carved otter stands. You immediately recognise the name as one of the realm's most illustrious sculptures. An imposing woman her lone expression, seemingly a frozen scowl, serves flagons of ale from behind the table the weir of the womb. Okay, if I'm going to look around this place, I'm going to need an ale. Otherwise, everyone will be questioning. Okay, why are you going in a tavern? You're not drinking. Why are you in a tavern? Are you planning crimes? No, no, I'm drinking. I am drinking this delicious, refreshing ale. Delicious and refreshing? You've never been to this tavern before, have you? Buy an ale. You stride up to the tavern, to the, ta to the table at the back of the tavern, and offer a quick greeting to the frowning woman serving the ale. She rolls her eyes and rudely shoves a frothing tangard at you. The ale is thin and mostly tasteless. Beneath the froth, a less than appealing, oily sheen hugs the surface of the brownish liquid. You've taken less than three sips when the crude serving woman nudges your arm and knocks your head in the direction of one of the long tables. You follow her gaze and note a group of, me of five men at the far end of a table. One of the men is staring directly at you. Someone's interested in you, she grumbles. Mind yourself with that crew, though. Bad business all around. So, I can approach the men, ignore them, or leave the alehouse immediately. Also, I better approach them. It might be my only chance to find out. The men look up as you, are, you approach the, the table. The one who is staring at you rises and bows cautiously. Perhaps we should go somewhere a bit more private and talk, he says, his voice trailing away into a whisper as he speaks. Agree to go with... Ask what this is all about. It's a matter that we cannot discuss here, says the man, keeping his voice low. There are too many ears about this wretched place. Be worth your while to come with us. Okay, okay, I'll go with you. More out of curiosity than greed, mind. The five men lead you out of the guard otter and along the wither to a short, 
half-rotted wooden building. The man who greeted you in the alehouse unlocks the door and ushers everyone inside. You step into a small, windowless room. A, la a lantern sits in one corner of the room, casting a pale glow over, over the sparse interior. The door is closed once the last man enters. We've waited for you, Soup, says the man who initially greeted you as he turns around to face you. I believe you carry something we greatly desire. The man introduces himself as Shill, tells you he's a good friend of Elaine. Suddenly, he says, Elaine has disappeared. Returned to the city just recently, and no one knows where he's gone to. But he told me he would be arriving with what he gave you in confidence. Can I have it, please? You realise this man is asking for Horntail Horn in a deer sting bag that Helen gave to you in the cellar beneath the Hawklaw stables. The man the man who identified himself as Shill looks looks at you expectantly. The other four men watch you closely. Is this Shill? I'll use divination. You sense this man is not who he claims to be. You also sense he knows much more about Helene's disappearance than he's letting on. Ah, so he killed Helene. But before, he, but presumably while interrogating him, he learns about the delivery I have. Something like that anyway. Refuse to hand it over. The man's de demeanour sours and he draws his dagger. The four men with him draw short swords and form a wide circle around you. No one wastes my time, he says coldly. Cut him up! The four men rush forward and attack. It's four fucks. Now, I'm just going to subdue these because they ain't killed me yet. <laughs> Thugs slash at you with their blades. Maybe they'll go straight now? 2xp. The four men lie spread out on the floor before you, unmoving but otherwise alive. The man who introduces himself to Shell takes several steps back. A crazy look seems to come over him, one akin to that of a cornered beast. He suddenly makes a, takes, makes a break for the door. Before you can grab hold of him, he nimbly dodges past you, throws open the door and bursts onto the street, disappearing into the teeming crowd. So, I can attempt to pursue him, I can leave immediately and not pursue him, or remain here and question one of the men you subdued. Honestly, they, he probably didn't tell his men much of what's going on. It's just, it's, just, it's just operational security, really. Attempt to pursue him. You rush out of the small building and begin scouring the wither docks for any sign of the men. For several minutes, you give up any hope of finding him and abandon your search. As you drag, drag by the, pass by the mouth of the alley, someone grabs your arm and drags you into the shadows. 
you find yourself face to face with a man in leather armour, his face mostly obscured by a dark hood that covers his head. You'd be wise to stay away from that one, he said, his eyes continuously darting back towards the mouth. Finally, as if he expects trouble to arrive at any second. His name is Isk, and he's a killer. Make no mistake. You're known to me, Zoop. Elaine told me to expect you. My name is Shell. The man moves to the mouth of the alley and peers both ways along the river docks. Then he turns, then he hurries back to you. Come on, it's not safe to talk here. Let's get further away from the street. He moves off at a rapid pace, heading deeper into the alley, beckoning for you to follow him. Might as well. Shill turns down a narrow alley, leading off off the right of this one, and there he stops. When you've joined him, he peers out of the large alley to make sure you were not followed. Then he turns his attention back to you. First things first, he says, holding out his hand. Give me the package that Helene placed in your charge. Bit okay, he knows a bit, but he could have found that out illegitimately. What does divination say? Succeeded. Through the power through the use of your power of eight divination. Div, divination. You're able to gain an insight into the man's motives. He appears a appears that he has told you the truth about who he is, and that he desperately desires the contents of the dear steam bag that Helene gave to you. You do not sense that he means you any harm. Okay, and this is Shell, apparently. So, I've got a few options here. I could give him the dear steam bag, refuse to give it to him, attack him, or flee from the alley. Honestly, if, if I don't give it to him, I've got this super illegal item in my possession. And I don't particularly want it. I don't even know what you'd do with Horn Tail Horn. Maybe it's... Maybe you use it to make some really potent poison. I mean, drugs? Could be drugs. That That could be a reason. I mean, a lot of... A lot of the things that work as drugs are poisons in higher doses, so I mean, it could make sense. I mean, I mean, there's, I mean, apparently you get stuff from licking toads and things, so I mean, it's possible. All right, I'm just going to give him the bag because mainly I don't. Cause I just don't want it anymore. Jill's face lights up as you hand him the deer skin bag that Helene gave you. He opens it. He opens it and stares at the horn tucked inside. Then he smiles. I'm finally free of that. Well done, Zoop. He says, "You're certainly up to the task of get. You are certainly up to the task of getting here. You've made a friend of Shill this day." Like it or not, and could one could hardly ask for a better friend in these parts. Shill closes up the deer steam bag and tucks it inside the jacket of soft leather armour. Must be off now, but take care, he says, 
as he stepped out into the main alley. I have a feeling I'll be seeing you again, perhaps sooner than you think. Ah, I've almost forgotten. Elaine promised you something, did he not? Shell unties a leather pouch from his belt and flings the sizable object at you. When you open it, you discover it contains a large quantity of gold. That's 214 gold tokens. Until we meet again, Zoop, he says, as he turns and trots off down the alley and steps into the crowded streets. You watch as he disappears into a throng of people moving about the wither docks before making your own way out of the alley. Okay, I think that's that little quest completed. Has anything been unlocked? I can explore B Blue Moss Cave now. That's near Talonus. Overlook Nook, near Fang Widge, Dragonworth, somewhere in Red Glen, Church in Hawklaw. Elixirs, Durnstig, Human Talgamane in Talinus. He offers a, a very expensive bonus. Bentlin Wood, and then Iron Mark's Fur. And also, somewhere in the forest near Fangwich. So, there's, there's a couple of things going on in Fangwich. Alright, but let's see, maybe, you know what, I'll go do that blue moss cave. Time to do the blue moss cave. Your meandering astride your charger Stormgate has taken you from Twithic through Central Tulsa, Tannalus, and at last to blue moss cave. You're standing just outside the jagged mouth of a cave, deep in the forest east of Talonus. Patches of blue moss cover the edges of the cave's gaping moor, and most of the larger rocks in the immediate vicinity. A cool breeze drifts out of the darkness to greet you. Time to enter the cave. You're standing just inside the mouth of the blue moss cave. Countless patches of the soft blue growth cover the wall, ceiling and floor of this, set, of this cave lair. All indications of this cave has been recently inhabited, likely by bandits. Yep, bandits. You freeze in mid-step as a pair of bandits suddenly emerge from the gloom up ahead. The ragged brigands swiftly draw their weapons and rush at you. It's two bandits. You can kill or subdue these bandits. I'm subduing them because the overwhelming amount of time if I can subdue, I do. 2x, 10x speed. Battered into submission, the cowardly bandits flee for their lives with no particular use for the unsavoury lots. You sternly order them to leave this lair and never return. And try and go straight. Just, just, just try. I know it's, I know it's hard. I know, I know you've got connections. You've got history, and you, 
You've got a load of skills that are useful for this, but not so useful for anything else. But try. Just try and go straight. After rapidly and repeatedly promising to do as you instructed, the bandits stagger to their fleet and move off swiftly, but somewhat unsteadily, towards the mouth of the cave. When you can no longer hear their footfalls, you take a few moments to check over your equipment for once again setting off along the mossy tunnel. Okay, I'm starting in the southwest corner. Is a uh, is another bandit. Subdue that one. Like most bandits in most video games, these are just about the easiest foes in the game. That that's just the rules. Bandits are the lowest of the low. Which makes it quite odd that they keep keep pissing, picking fights with super tough heroes. But yeah, again, if they'd paid attention in school and were particularly smart, they probably wouldn't have become bandits. We make a grim discovery in the deep gloom of the mossy tunnel. Lying at the base of the moss-covered cave tunnel, clad in tattered remnants of a suit of padded armour, the bloodied remains of a short man. Judging by the state of his decaying corpse, estimate the man has been dead for several days. I mean, was he killed by the bandits? Is he, is he one of the bandits? Both? Quick search of the body turns up the following... Terrible weapon, four gold. Now, please note, be sure to take the items you want before leaving this location. They will no longer be available once you move to a new location. Which is the standard procedure. Because, I mean, who wants to save all the every single item that's ever dropped? B. It'd be absurd. You'll just, you'll just slog up the save file. And also it would mean every time you go to a new location, you'd have to scroll through page upon page of terrible weapons that you weren't even worth picking up. And yeah, at last, with no desire to linger in the presence of the body, you once again set off through the gloom. Keep exploring this place. You make a grim discovery in the deep gloom of the mossy tunnel. Lying at the base of the moss-covered cave tunnel, clad in the tattered remnants of a suit of fur armour, are the bloodied remains of the bearded man. Judging by the state of his decaying corpse, you estimate he has been dead for several days. Quick search of the body turns up the following. One gold. At last, with no desire to linger in the presence of the body, you once again set off through the gloom. You freeze in mid-step as a pair of bandits suddenly emerges from the gloom just ahead. The ragged brigands swiftly draw their weapons and rush at you. I shall subdue these bandits also. All right, now, you lot, go strike! Go straight. 12 XP. 
Yeah, and they want they won away. Because I let them. Two bandits subdue these two. To have XP for that. Battered in submission. The cowardly bandits pray for their lives. With no particular use for this unsavory lot. You sternly order them to leave this lair and to never return. After rapidly and repeatedly promising to do just as you have instructed, the brigands stagger off, the, stagger to their feet and move off swiftly, but somewhat unsteadily, towards the mouth of the cave. When you can no longer hear their footfalls, you take a few moments to check over your equipment before once again setting off along the mossy tunnel. The wall, ceiling and floor of this sprawling cave network are covered with thick patches of blue moss. Okay. Yep, northern side. Little passage, alcove to the east, alcove to the west. Alright, a little alcove from the south side. Nope. It's a bit mazy, this dungeon. Fortunately, I'm looking at it from the top. You freeze in mid-step as a lone bandit suddenly emerges from the gloom ahead. The ragged brigands swiftly towards his weapon and rushes at you. I mean, didn't you hear all these other bandits fleeing in terror? It attacks you savagely. I guess you've got nothing to lose. 12 XP. Anyone's. Bye bye, brigand. Bye bye, bandits. Consider not being bandits. Then I won't beat you up. <laughs> Suddenly, the sudden sound of footfalls from somewhere up ahead draws your progress along the passage to an abrupt halt. Three ragged men emerge from the gloom, their weapons drawn and their cool gazes fixed on you. The figure at the centre of this trio, a short, retired man clad in a tattered suit of leather armour, immediately barks orders to the men at his side, commanding them to kill you. As the two brigands rush forward to attack, you defiantly draw yourself. To a combat ready stance. It's just two bandits. I subdue them. They swipe at me with their short swords. I bash at them with their mace. And they are subdued. 6 XP. Bloodied and battered. But still very much alive. The two bandits stagger back. Beyond the range of your blows. Before turning and dashing off. Along the cave tunnel. Their leader, his fingers renewing their grip, the hilt of his sword, rushes forward and attacks, his blade cutting a deadly arc before him. It's a bandit leader. Hey, you! Go straight! This... <laughs> oh, look, look out there. This, this bandit leader is so pathetic. He doesn't even get his own combat description. 
Yes. <laughs> He's called Bandit. But he's just one bandit. <laughs> he doesn't even deserve his own attack description. That's how puny he is. Yeah, he is subdued. Four XV. The bandit leader. His face bloodied and his nose badly broken. Staggers to his feet and stumbles off along the cave tunnel before you can make any attempt to waylay him. Content to allow him to flee, you spend a few moments to check over your gear while you recover from the brutal melee. You suddenly notice that your enemy, in his haste to escape, has dropped his sword. Just a common longsword, not even going to pick it up. At last, eager to resume your exploration, you cautiously set off through the dark. Okay, making my way to the northeast corner. Suddenly, you make a grim discovery in the deep gloom of the mossy tunnel. Lying at the base of the moss-covered cave tunnel, clad in the tattered remnants of a suit of padded armour, are the bloodied remains of a bearded man. Judging by the state of his decaying corpse, you estimate he has been dead for several days. A quick search of the body turns up the following. An uncommon Hardivarian artefact, which I shall take. Also, 17 gold. At last, with no desire to linger in the presence of the body, you once again set off through the gloom. Okay, let's just see. Now, didn't they... It's just, it's just a regular bandit. Subdue this enemy. You stop with the crimes. 8 XP. Anyone's away. Because I can't be bothered to report him to, to... To drag him to the capital city. So he can, I don't know, be hanged for his crimes. Not sure which crimes, presumably some crimes. I mean, did it, the monster's description says bandit. Suddenly, pick a random number from 1 to 100. Bonus of 50. 20 from aura, 20 from woodmanship, and 10 from luck. I need 75 or more, or something bad will happen. 71. Failure. A staggering pain shoots through your torso. As the blade of your unseen assailant stabs into your side, you spin towards your attacker and find yourself face to face with the bandit leader you've previously encountered. Look, you're trying to fight me again. I gave you a second chance. The rugged brigand, his face twisted into a vicious snarl, again lunges at you with a long-bladed dagger. Okay, that's it. You get one. You get to kill. You get to try to kill me once, once before I get angry. Now I'm gonna click the "Kill Your Enemy" button, and that's what you get for not taking advantage of the mercy I gave you in the first time. The rest of your men, they they just ran. They ran. They didn't try to sneak up and 
sneak up on someone who obviously wouldn't fall for that. Well, I said I did, but on someone it obviously wouldn't fell. Even if it worked, I'm going to kill you. The bandit leader stabs you with his dagger. Push, push. Yes, now, now he's got, now he's just a torso. It's a torso. And he's trying to fight, still trying to fight. Give up! You've not got any limbs! Yeah, I'm angry! And he is slain. With one more stroke, I bring the, the mace down on his head. And it slams down right into the middle of his chest. Because he betrayed an informed contract. An inferred contract. And that's what happens. Yes, indeed. You have slain him. The ban 8XB. The bandit leader lies dead at your feet. A quick search of his remains turns up the following. Oh, a well-crafted breastplate. I shall take that. Sleeves, queaves, and inferior breastplate. Okay, how did he have two breastplates? How did he have two breastplates? Did he have a spare one? How? How could you have two breastplates? How? Anyway, it's inferior, but I'm still taking it. 50. Wait a minute. Inferior? That's not supposed to happen anymore with the, with the quickstone. So it's that which means that this was a deliberate... That this was deliberately placed there, because normally the quickstone upgrades all items to common or better. Hmm. Curious and curiouser. Why does he have two breastplates? Why? Why, oh, why, oh, why? Hmm. I mean, does, is he... Does he have a spare one in a backpack? Yeah, let's just say that. Spare one in a backpack. Because his aren't particularly good and they keep breaking. Also, 56 gold. At last, eager to resume your exploration, you cautiously set off through the dark. Okay, I think this, this place is nearly done now. I've been... I've, I've covered every... Every square of the dungeon. Two bandits. I shall just subdue these. Hopefully, without their leader around, they'll be able to get away, be able to escape from crime more successfully, suddenly. An eerie quiet suddenly falls over the Blue Moss Cave. Success! You have successfully cleared the Blue Moss Cave. Please don't. Will you manage to clear this dungeon? There may or may not be more left to discover here. You can, if you wish, continue to explore the Blue Moss Cave. The Blue Moss Cave will 
After a time, we set itself, but I told them not to return. I guess they're new bandits. Allowing you the opportunity to once again explore and clear it. I mean, I guess since it's near the capital, there's probably lots of brigand bands just trying to prey on all the woes into the capital. And they go, look, there's a free cave. Oh, odd. Wasn't there people there last week? Yeah, I guess they got so much money they could all retire. Yes, of course. Hey, isn't that cave covered in blood? Yeah, yeah, it's the blood from all the all the people they captured. Yeah, and isn't that all these schools around? Yes. And isn't there this? Isn't isn't there this big? Isn't there this big pile of severed left feet? Feet with the sign in front of it saying "Bandit Feet." Yeah. Uh, um, uh, modern art. It's modern art. Yeah. Thirty-two experience to general. The cave now devoid of its unsavoury occupants, you make a thorough search of the twisting passages and discover much duration, a sizable cache of plunder tucked away in a small hidden chamber. It's common weapons, sleeves, sturdy plate greaves, also for a pretty penny, and 19 gold directly. Having completed an exhaustive search of the chamber and its contents, you quickly can check over your equipment before once again setting off on your way. Okay, there. we are done with the Blue Moss Caves. Head to the cave entrance. Leave the cave. West, it only restores your stamina points, but that's all I need. Okay, anything anything new? Nope. Okay, let's just go back to Hawklaw for no particular reason. And save. And so next time we'll be doing something else. But until then, farewell. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.